Mary, you're gonna have what? I can't, I can't say good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby. You will call him Jesus. And then Mary will like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager. I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh, yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. They tried to go to a hotel, and they asked the keeper um, for a place to stay. The keeper said, we have no rooms. Literally, no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, the only place in here in Bethlehem that, that you can stay, stay is a staple. And then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, a new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews. The angel were singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, that I have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold, ring, and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. <laughs> the new baby is gonna change the world. Oh
because normally it's not a book we study from, it's a paraphrase of the translation for the New Testament. God sent the angel Gabriel, Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name, Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You will become pregnant and give birth to a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great, be called son of the highest. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. He will rule Jacob's house forever. No end 
to his kingdom. Mary said to the angel, But how? I've never slept with a man. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest hover over you. Therefore, the child you bring to birth will be called Holy Son of God. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit-conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves, because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Watch for this. A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son. They will call him Emmanuel, Hebrew, for God is with us. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angels commanded in the dream. He married Mary, but he did not consummate the marriage until she had the baby. He named the baby Jesus. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout Europe, the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judea, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiance, who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the hostel. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over the sheep. Suddenly, God's angels appeared among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, Don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket, lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir, singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left, running 
and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. The sheep herders returned home and let loose, glorifying God and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they'd been told. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem Village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship. A band of scholars, the wise men, arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on a pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry, inquiry got to Herod, the evil king, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religious scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd our people, my people, Israel. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east, pretending to be as devout as they were. He got them to tell them him exactly when the birth announcement star appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child and leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led him on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. In a dream, they were warned not to go back and report to Herod. So they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and return to their own country. Oh, come thou day spring, come and cheer. Our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of 
Without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you. Christmas service, but we talked about we talked about rescue missions, and, and we talked about the training that I had received in, when I was in the Coast Guard, and, and we talked about the last thing that you want to do when you get into a situation where you have to rescue somebody, the last thing, the last option is to actually go into the place, into the situation that that person is in. Because what you do is you expose yourself to the exact environment that those people are in. You place yourself in the, in the position of the greatest risk, the greatest exposure. But 2,000 years ago, God launched a rescue mission, and that's exactly what he did. He sent his son into the earth to die for each and every one of us, and he arrived in a way that we could have never even conceived. He arrived in the form of a humble baby in a lowly manger, and that's what we're celebrating today. But something else happened. Something else happened when God sent his son into the world. About 750 years before Jesus was actually born, God used a man named Hosea, to speak these words. By the way, this is one of over 450 prophecies that are in the Old Testament that were fulfilled by Jesus. But Hosea says, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. 
I will redeem them from death. O death, I will be your plagues. O grave, I will be your destruction. Remarkable words. 750 years later, a man named Jesus speaks these words. For I have come down from heaven, Jesus, come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. You see, because Jesus came into the world to redeem us, to rescue us, everything changed. Everything changed when that happened. Everything. The first four books of the new, what we call the New Testament in this Bible are filled with the story of what we call the gospel. It's, it's about God sending his son in the world and that son arriving in the form of a baby. And so on one side of this, we have the baby in the manger. And at the end of those gospel accounts, we see Jesus hanging on the cross. And he's dying for each and every one of us. And then we know because the word tells us that he died, but he didn't stay there. He was resurrected. He rose again from the grave. And he ascended into heaven, and he's sitting there right now at the right hand of his Father in heaven. And the Bible says that he's making intercession with us. And so, what happened was hope was left. The remainder of these accounts in the New Testament, written by men like Paul and Peter and Luke, are all really talking about the resurrection, the hope that Jesus came and left with each of you. Isn't that awesome? We have hope because Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Listen, let's, let's look at it this way. Let's look at it this way. Um, we talked about the rescue mission. And, and we see movies and we see TV shows that are just like this. And, and what happens is that there's a person that's, that's dying or they're struggling or they've, they've gotten shot. Maybe they're drowning. And we see that person that's going to rescue the, the victim. And they go up. And what do they do? They, sometimes they slap them across the face or they hit them. Or they grab their hands, their face and their hands, and they say, look at me. Look at me. And because that person finally realizes that there is hope, and they miraculously snap out of it. It's awesome. And I believe that that's what Jesus 
is saying to some of us today. He wants to remind us, hey, I came here to rescue you. And maybe you've taken your eyes off of Jesus, but he wants to hold your face in his hands, and he says, look at me. Look at me. I'm here. I want to rescue you. So we're not going to have a service like this, church, without offering up an opportunity for any of us and all of us to restore that hope. And maybe you've never heard of that hope before, and we'll talk about that as well. So I want all of us to bow our heads. Bow our heads, eyes closed. And first off, I just want to talk to those that maybe have never heard this type of a message before. And you didn't realize that Jesus literally came in the, into the world 2,000 years ago on a rescue mission for you. But he did. And it was very specifically for you. And if you're in that place, then all I would ask you to do is just raise your hand. And at the end of this service, we're going to pray. And Jesus will literally come into your heart and establish you. Anybody like that here? Okay. Praise God. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I'm going to move on, and if you're here this morning, and you're reminded that, yeah, I've, I've kind of I've been out there in a place that I didn't want to be, and I'm so glad that Jesus came out to rescue me, and he's holding my face in his hands, and he's looking at me, and he's saying, I got you, I got you. And if you're in that place and you want to be rescued once again by Jesus, just slip your hand up real quickly. Every, every hand, head is bowed. Nobody's going to know. And praise God. All right. Thank you, Lord. Well, you can go ahead and raise your heads and what we're going to do is I'm just going to pray over myself and each one of us, and then we'll leave this place, and we'll go back and celebrate Christmas with our families, and I just want to thank each and every one of you for coming this morning and taking the time out of what is really a busy day. There's no, no doubt about it. It's a busy day, but I'm glad that each and every one of you put the first things first. First things first. So let's let's just bow and, and pray as we seal up this service. Well, Lord God, I just thank you um, for what took place here this morning, Father God, as we celebrate what took place 2,000 years ago, Father. I thank you for each and every person that is in this place, Father God, that they are literally being used as your vessels of the good news, Father God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that, that 
something that they heard this morning, whether it was while we were singing or while Marietta was reading or even while I was speaking, Father God, that something stirred up your spirit within your people, Father God, that that can't be denied, that, they, that your people will go out and they'll tell others about this great rescue mission that you undertook 2,000 years ago, Father. Lord, we just give you praise for each and every person here. I ask, Lord, that during this coming year that they would be blessed mightily, but more than blessing, Father God, particularly in this time, Lord, I just pray that your peace would rule and reign in each and every person's lives here, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for coming, church. Lord, I need you. Every hour I need you, my one defense, my righteousness, oh God.